Hello, everybody. Justin Halverson here. Got a great episode for you today. I sat down with Anthony Barst of JP Morgan. Anthony is a Spartan alumni, has a bachelor's in finance from the Eli Broad College of Business at Michigan State, and is a CFA charter holder. Great conversation today. So sit tight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the MSU WMA podcast. We are here with uh, Anthony Barst of JP Morgan. Anthony, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. So um, what we're trying to figure out here is why a student, why a Spartan would want to become a financial advisor. So could you first uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Did you always want to go into uh, financial services? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so when I, I'm a fellow MSU alumni as well. Um, when I first got to college, I was a pre-law major. Um, so I was that for about a year and a half um, and then did an internship after my sophomore year in wealth management and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, just the client interaction, markets, um, all of the things that encompass kind of what we do on a, on a day-to-day basis. So um, after that, I became pretty dead set on, on that being my goal and um, started with JP Morgan in the summer of 2010, um, full-time in 2011. Um, so went through the uh, full-time analyst program where you basically spend three years in somewhat of an apprenticeship model with a senior advisor on the team and, and you help them um, take care of their um, book of clients. Um, things like meeting prep, uh, client engagement, um, you know, some things like account opening, working with our internal partners. But the whole goal of the process is to really understand um, and learn the business from the ground up. And um, you know, after the analyst program, be able to um, you know, be a, a, a outward focused advisor in, um, in our associate program. So I went through the associate program, um, focused a little bit more on the investment side of the business. I think that's probably where my comfort zone was and what really, um, you know, got me to the office every day was, was learning about markets and talking about markets. Um, so I went through that program and started building my, my book of clients. And then, um, a few years ago, got promoted to vice president, um, which is where I'm at currently and have a book of clients that I, I work with and, um, you know, help, um, manage the investment portfolios that, um, their families have with, uh, us at JP Morgan. That's awesome. I do want to. I do want to ask you here and learn a little bit more about the analyst program. But before we get into that, do, do you mind actually talking about uh, maybe your internship? So was that with J.P. Morgan? And then, like a, a second part to that would be like, you know, what what did you like about it? Um, and then, were there any classes at Michigan State that uh, made you, you know, reinforce this idea that you wanted to go into the investment space? Um, yeah, so my first internship um, was not with JP Morgan. Um, the, the second wealth management internship I did was with JP Morgan. Um, you know, the, the thing that um, I really liked about my JP Morgan internship was the fact that you were doing a lot of the work that, that full time analysts do. And, you know, the, the goal of the 
internship program is to get you set up to be functioning as a full-time analyst um, at the end of at the end of your your 10-week program so that was um, you know very insightful insightful for me and I was able to, to glean a lot of um, you know good things about JP Morgan that, that I liked and, and wanted to return um, full-time um, in terms of classes at, at MSU um, I was a finance major so took all of your um, kind of finance curriculum. Um, the one thing we didn't have back then was the wealth management specialization, which I think is is quite honestly awesome and and great for you guys to have that focus early on. It probably gives you a, a leg up relative to the competition in terms of you know understanding a the business and and b um, a lot of the the thought process that we have when we work with clients and. Um, but the class that I would say probably was most impactful for me, and it, it might seem a little bit different, is I took a few communications classes, which I think are, are vital. Um, you know, through the analyst program, um, you know, you're, you're in, a, in an apprenticeship model of sorts where you're not going to, um, you know, a ton of client meetings and things like that, but you're learning the business. Once you get beyond that, you're much more outwardly focused and um, going on meetings and calling clients a lot more and being much more active in um, the relationship. So being able to effectively communicate with them and, um, you know, uh, I think that's that was huge for me. That's so great to hear. I know, yeah, I... Uh... A lot of, I'm a finance major myself, and a lot of the focus in the business college is on those technical skills, which is great. You do need those, but, um, you know, you have to be an effective communicator if you're going to sit in front of clients, right? So that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, do you mind telling us then a little bit uh, about what designations you have? So we've been speaking about investment. So, well, I guess a little background too is, you know, we're in the CFP program, Certified Financial Planning. So what, what designations do you have and how have they helped yep. you? Uh, um, so I am a CFA charter holder. Um, I, I did and probably will get my, um, I probably will get my CFP at, at some point. I think it's an invaluable program. Um, but to kind of explain, I guess, a little bit of, of the difference in the CFA program, um, it's a little bit more focused on investment specific type things. I kind of knew that that's where my specialization was going to be and where I wanted to focus my career. So, um, you know, it, it dives a little bit more in depth on strictly the investment side of the business, um, learning things about portfolio management, um, you know, equities, fixed income, alternative investments, um, a lot of, of things that I deal with on a day to day basis and trying to help clients achieve their goals and objectives. So it sounds like, yeah, like you were mentioning, CFA is more focused on the portfolio side, where CFP is not as investment focused, something like that? Yeah, it, from, from my understanding, I think the CFP is, is more broad, um, kind of relationship management and, and planning focused, which quite honestly is, is invaluable. Um, you know, a lot of people in, in our office are CFPs as well, um, it just with my kind of focus on the investment side. I just thought that that was a, a better path for me to go first, but, you know, ultimately would like to get my, my CFP as well. That's awesome. I mean, 
markets are complex, investments are complex, but so is retirement planning and estate planning, right? So that's got to know all the, Absolutely. all the big things. So that, that's awesome. So switching gears a little bit here, do you mind telling us a little bit about uh, your day-to-day -day life as an advisor at JP Morgan? So um, I think a lot of people know JP Morgan Chase, maybe the bank side of it. So can you tell us a little bit, what is yeah. an advisor at JP Morgan? Like does, does your job end when the bank closes on, on the weekends? Um, you know, no. So the job definitely doesn't end um, when the bank closes. Basically, you know, our role is to act as um, a family's uh, chief investment officer. So we're trying to um, be their family office, essentially, and provide um, them um, advice around kind of our core competen competencies, which are um, you know, things as basic as banking and, and traditional lending, um, things like investments where I specialize on and, and focus on, but also, um, you know, some of the longer term wealth planning aspects of, of the business. We have um, some specialists on our team that, that focus on trust in the states as well as, um, you know, longer term uh, wealth transfer strategies to help reduce families taxes over time. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear that because yeah, like we keep saying it, people need the, the holistic approach, right? Yeah, to be like a, a chief investment officer for a family. It's an interesting concept. Um, what do you guys? What, oh, what, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. Uh, I, I guess I was just going to say, you know, one more thing there is, I think the way that we think about it is it's very hard for one person to be able to understand all of these different disciplines at a deep, deep level. Um, so, you know, I think that's why we have kind of the, the specialized approach where we surround our clients with, um, you know, different type of, of specialists to help um, facilitate conversations and make sure that we're giving them the, the best service possible. Fantastic. It sounds like a team-oriented approach to me. Um, do, you, do you guys work on a team and like uh, how, how is that structured? So if, um, you know, how, how have you, uh, as the investment, I guess, expert on the team, how, how are you positioned? Yeah, so essentially you can kind of think of it as um, the, there's a few different, um, few different players that we surround clients with. So um the a banker is typically considered like the the quarterback of the relationship they um maintain maintain a close relationship with clients and bring in um us specialists when there's need or opportunity to talk about different disciplines so um you know i'm on the investment side as an investment specialist and um you know i partner with oftentimes bankers to um, you know, talk more in depth about their goals and objectives and try and build portfolios to help achieve what they're trying to achieve over time. Um, you know, the same can be said about our lending advisor who gets involved when there's you know, a, a complex lending need or a discussion around um, any type of borrowing that they might have. Um, and then we have a, a trust and estates officer, as well as a, a wealth advisor who kind of help with some of the longer term estate planning items that um, may come up as families try and transition wealth um, efficiently over time. Do what you, you spoke a little bit about the analyst program. So how um, yeah. do young advisors, do they come in strictly in the investment side or do they come in in all these different specialties like you were just uh, mentioning? 
Um, so, so typically you come in as a generalist. Um, so you're kind of working with a, um, a senior banker and you're working on, on their book of clients, right? So if, if they have a need to bring in an, an investment specialist, the analyst is, is very involved there. Um, they sit on, you know, all of our internal calls and, um, you know, really try and learn all the different disciplines. And, you know, typically by the end of your three years in, in our analyst program, you have a sense of um, which kind of path you, wanna, you want to take longer term for your career. Um, you know, for me, I, I was involved on the investment side a little bit earlier because that's kind of, I knew that's where I wanted to um, focus on over time, but certainly, you know, analysts have the ability to um, kind of generalize over the course of the three-year program. And then as you move into the associate program, that's typically when you start to try and, and, and focus a little bit more on um, some, some areas that interest you. That's so great to hear. Um, the, giving everybody uh, an opportunity to see the different lanes to go into. I know I personally didn't know what I wanted to go into until I got into my senior year of college. So it's it's great right. that you guys offer that. that that's incredible. Um, Absolutely. So let me ask you this then. Do, do you see um, any significant changes that have happened to you guys in this remote environment? So has it been difficult maybe to bring on new, uh, new, new clients and new employees? Uh, analysts. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly this environment has been, I think, challenging for, for everyone, right? Especially us in um, a relationship business and, and a people business, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of what we do on a normal, um, in a normal year is, is we're out meeting with clients and, and talking about, um, you know, their family's goals and objectives and, and revisiting those and um, talking about you know, how, how their relationship with the private bank is positioned going forward and things like that. So it's definitely been challenging um, not being able to, to do uh, and get, do that and, and get with clients as efficiently. You know, we've tried to um, adopt the, the Zoom, a lot more Zoom conversations and, and things like that. But um, I think one of the other things you, you do miss is the collaboration that you get being in the office with a lot of our colleagues now um, I would say we have a pretty uh, um, close-knit team and while we have you know zoom calls that we all get on and, and talk about um, different things that are of importance for clients um, you, know, you do lo lose a little bit of that natural um, uh, teamwork that happens when we're all in the office together so um, it it's been tough, but I think it's been tough for, for everybody and, and we're doing the best we can. And um, I think, you know, clients definitely understand that, um, you know, things, things aren't ideal and um, that's kind of how we have to go about uh, things right now. So. Yeah. Can't, can't fight it, unfortunately. So um, do, do you think that there's, you mentioned zoom calls, do you think there's maybe any uh, big changes moving forward? That are going to affect financial advising and wealth management since COVID-19, any things that won't be the same? You know, one thing I probably should have mentioned before, but I think is, is um, a benefit almost of, of the COVID environment is we've gotten a lot more access to our 
um, asset class teams in, in New York. Um, so typically, you know, with, with uh, in a normal year, we'd have, um, you know, our chief economist or something like that fly out to Michigan and, and do an event um, in Michigan. Um, and that may happen, you know, once or, or twice a year able to leverage the technology and utilize that a lot more to um, you know be more in, be more engaged with our asset class leaders in New York and get clients on um, you know more of the the interesting calls and thought pieces that come from our um, from our teams in New York so I do think that's been one um, benefit and I, I think I've really um, you know, really enjoyed as well, getting more access to some of the portfolio managers and, and things like that. That's very cool to hear. It's, um, I mean, I can, I can totally to your point, to your example, me as a student, you know, I'm sitting here in a Zoom call with you today, like who knows if all of this would have happened, how, how possible that is. So it's, it's interesting how many more people are right. comfortable and being able to do that. So that's, uh, that's good to hear there's still opportunity. Absolutely. So do you have any advice, Anthony, then for maybe um, any recent graduates or college students who are looking to get into the industry, somebody at the Michigan State level? Yeah, yeah, I guess a couple things that I would say, um, you know, number one, be naturally curious um, about everything you come across, whether it be, um, you know, learning new things about markets, learning about, um, you know, people. Um, this is a, a relationship business. So ultimately, um, you know, building deep relationships with a diverse group of, um, of individuals um, is, is a great thing to have. And, and also, I would say, um, you know, reading, reading a ton, you know, I still spend a lot of my time um, reading and, and learning. I think that's one of the great things about um, this industry and um, being an advisor is, is markets are always changing and um, advice around that is always changing. Um, so, you know, those, those two things I think are, are crucial, um, you know, to give you a couple concrete examples, you know, whether it be, you know, reading the Wall Street Journal, reading Bloomberg, um, listening to, to podcasts. Admittedly, I, I was probably late on the, the shift to podcasts, but um, there's a ton of great knowledge out there. And, you know, I think just being able to soak up as much information as, as possible, um, you know, in college gives you a, a huge leg up um, over the, the competition. And, you know, for you guys as well in the wealth management program, I mean, that's, that's invaluable experience that, that I never got. And, you know, I think probably sets you guys up um, for, for great success going forward. That's, that's so great to hear. I know any students listening, we all get, uh, Michigan State students, we get a free subscription to the Wall Street Journal. So I know I, I take advantage of that and the New York Times as well. So I don't, I don't personally read that one, but it's another great resource. Um, quick, quick question. As yeah, I mean, the, the only other thing I'd add there is, um, you know, the, a lot of the textbook stuff that you go over, um, you know, can't, doesn't necessarily apply to what's going on in, in the real world. So, you know, for me, I probably, when I was um, in your position, I probably learned a lot more reading the Wall Street Journal and reading Bloomberg and reading CNBC than I did um, through the traditional textbook route. But I, from my perspective, it's just because it was more applicable to what's going on in the real world today. So. 
Yeah. Um, do you have, uh, what are your, I guess, let me ask you this. What is your maybe one, two podcasts that you're listening to every week that may, might help students out? Yeah. Um, so, so there's a couple good ones that, that I listen to. The, the CNBC um, Squawk Pod um, is one that just kind of takes the top couple, um, uh, the, the top few best segments from CNBC, CNBC that morning and, and plays it. Um, and then there's, there's one from um, Stock Twits, which is interesting um, and just kind of gives you a market color for the day and um, some of the, the different names that you know, most people are talking about and you guys would probably be most interested in. So, What's that second one called? Stock Twits? Uh, Stock Twits. Yeah, but it's actually an app, um, but they, they come out with a, a podcast as well. That's awesome. I'm going to have to check those out. Well, Anthony, thank you so much. Uh, last thing here, I just want to open the floor up to you. Um, is there anything else you might want to say to uh, any students or anybody who's thinking about breaking into this for a career path? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I would say, you know, and you have um, a desire to continually learn um, and this is a great role to, to do that. You're constantly learning and your days are never the same. Um, you know, things are changing, clients are changing, and um, it's, it's a great career path for, um, for someone that wants something exciting and, and new every day. Awesome. Anthony Bars, thank you so much. Hello, everyone. This is Vincent Pacillo, producer of the MSU WMA podcast, where we are inspiring and educating the next generation of financial planners. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please check out our channel on all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and check out our social media at MSU WMA and MSUWMA.com.